Welcome to Radio Mojo Plus on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Brought to you by Pyology Pizzeria. Good morning and welcome to Radio Mojo Plus. Indeed, brought to you by Pyology Pizzeria. Um, and, of course, by Southern Wines and Spirits, who are huge supporters of the food and beverage industry in Hawaii. And, boy, have they been helpful to local restaurants over the past year or so when everybody has been having a hard time struggling. The behind-the-scenes people, like the uh, food and beverage distributors, whether they are giving food to people or helping out bars and restaurants with wines and spirits and anything that they can do have just been critical to the success of so many restaurants and we are very very appreciative of all of them well this morning i'm kind of excited about our guest this morning because we've got somebody um that we spoke to a few months ago during the pandemic who is one of a growing number of people who has opened up his own restaurant and bobby's going to enjoy this one first of all we should say good morning bobby how are you I don't mean to ignore you. I'm swell, thank you very much. Good, good to see you sitting there for our number four. Yeah. How do you do it? It's all good. Tell us what's happening in the world of sports that we might not have heard this morning. What's uh, the biggest thing? Uh, well, there's more University of Hawaii football games going to be on national television this year. That's kind of a fun thing. That's very fun. Yeah, is that because we're very exciting or is it a timing thing? Um, I just think it's partially luck. Uh-huh. Oh, good. But I'll tell you what, Hawaii didn't hurt itself at all with that performance in the bowl last year. Yes, absolutely. Because they're aware the quarterback's back, the, the star running back's back. they got a ton of offensive linemen back. I mean, there's reasons for people to think Hawaii could be pretty good. And we do have that great timing, don't we? Because we are, like, at the end of the day for a lot of people. Well, does a lot it, of does it have nothing to do most with of these games are on the mainland. Oh, I see. Sometimes I really come up with questions that you must think good grief. No, How could you ask because there are a couple. Sports. I think there are a couple. <laughs> Tanner can probably jump in on this because I think there's a couple of them that are in Honolulu, which is good. That, that's a good thing. Mm. And half might, and half. Could that's be not a, bad. Yeah, that's really good. It's better than usual. Usually it's three quarters of them if there's national mm-hmm. on the mainland. So that's really good because it is. It's what we used to call in New York the get-out game because that's for, that? well, that's for gamblers. Right, they've gotten oh, their you've brains had a hammered day. in all day, <laughs> and like, wait a minute, there's still the Hawaii game oh, on at like you know laugh, at though, midnight. You know. We should right? really shouldn't laugh because no. that's truly well, a la- if you're last gasping like that, it's, re- it's a big issue for people. So we're not. Well, no, not but I mean, listen, that. honey, it's been going on for hundreds of years, so don't get too. No, but don't get know, too wound up about. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, it is a it's a Memorial Day weekend is coming up. It's a big weekend for barbecuing. It's a huge weekend for graduations. Father's Day is coming up. It's that kind of couple of weeks that you really know we are headlong into the lovely long days of summer and summer celebrations. And for those of you who are having uh, catered parties and events um, or looking for people to cater your events. There are some fantastic options for you this year because so many restaurants have gone to catering and and larger takeout orders. So you have a lot of choices if you're going 
to do um, a party for your graduate or something to celebrate Father's Day. And we always like to give a plug to uh, Jason at uh, Bamboo Catering. I know he's probably got his plate completely full, but boy, he does such a great job. Um, I also bumped into Grant Sim of Big oh. G's Catering the other day at Chef's Zone. One of the great things about being at Chef's Zone once a week is you literally do bump into all the chefs as they're shopping. And um, I often have a walk around the Chef's Zone store with them as they're shopping just to catch up and find out what's going on. So, But I'm, I think Grant is not um, as active with catering because he has a fabulous position um, working in the food industry. But anyway, if you're looking for caterers, um, go ahead and even call your favorite restaurant because everybody is looking to do. Everyone is so proficient now at putting together takeout packages. And, you know, you have well, to say the when. The adaptiveness yep. of the pandemic, really. I mean, you could Absolutely. almost credit the pandemic as much as we've blamed it for so many problems. Oh, absolutely. And with restaurants and with retailers, some of them are five years ahead of where they would have been if they'd just been moseying along in the direction that they normally took. And I think with a lot of us, too, I bet many of you listening in your work lives, um, you are years ahead of probably where you would have been in terms of um, working from home, perhaps, or or just be having a different perspective when you're actually in your office and how you work. I know I'm a lot more efficient, but I'm a lot busier as well, which is really interesting. So anyway, today we're going to talk about some new restaurants opening, and we're also going to talk about a place where you can go if you love the wine Cruvenet system, where you can just order your, your glass of wine from a Cruvenet system in the wall that is a beautiful, uh, usually chilled wine dispensary where you can have a taste of wines by two ounces or three ounces. Then there is a beer dispensary that does no. this. Yeah, it's called Off the Wall no. and it's in Kaka'ako. And you can go there and just have like tastes and samples of beers. But it's not like you could pour a full pint out of those, one of those things, right? Um, well, you could, except the, the behind the wall, I'm assuming that they're not in huge kegs because you wouldn't really have that much room to have maybe, you know, 20 of them all together. I'm sure they're in smaller receptacles. And then you'd have to be running in. If everyone was just wanting a pint from the wall, then you might as well just have a big thing on the floor. I might actually be making all of this up. I, 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 I suspect you might be. <laughs> I, was just, I was just going through my head. I'm like, oh, this is a nice story. <laughs> I should go on that program, Would I Lie to You? Because I think <laughs> I would, if I didn't let myself down, I'd actually be quite good at it. But halfway through, halfway through, I'm thinking, okay, this has no end. I do think that's a logical point, and we're going to, Might be, be. We're going to be very happy to ask our guests this morning if I'm right. We're going to be talking to Hulta Munoz and Mark Taylor, who are the owners. I think we're talking to one of them, um, but they're both the co-owners of Off the Wall, and you know, there's a lot of interesting things about getting your beer from a tap in the wall. So we will find more out about that so I won't have to speculate anymore. But even the tap in the wall, honey, is going to be connected to a little kegger. A little one. But what I'm saying is if everybody ordered pints from it, there wouldn't be much point in having... Well, you just change the kegs. I might be completely right. wrong on this. That's all right. If, if you're listening and you, you know how wrong I am, I don't mind if you call and tell me or text because I know people love to do that. <laughs> they love to text and say, actually... Do I don't enjoy that half as much as you do, by the way. <laughs> I don't I like people telling me when I'm slightly, you know, <laughs> going along off the wrong street. And then, you know, the other person we're going to talk to later this morning is um, 
Louis Fernando. Now, Louis Fernando, you may remember, joined us when he was the executive chef at um, Nobu, I think it was. Or was it? No, it was Morimoto in, in Waikiki. And, of course, sadly, that's one of the restaurants that has definitely gone, which is kind of a shame because they did a nice job building that restaurant. Now. It was really quite luxurious. But anyway, um, Louis is going to join us because he's opened his own restaurant in Waikiki. It's only been open for a couple of weeks. It's called Castro's. And as you might guess, it's a restaurant that features entirely a Cuban menu. So we're going to be talking to him this morning about Cuban food. And he does have an amazing Cubano on the menu, which is... I love those sandwiches. Uh, it's a big favorite sandwich of people in our house. In fact, it's on the menu in our house for this weekend. Uh-huh. But I think we might have to go and see Louis first just to make sure we've got everything got right. right. Yeah, so we're going to be chatting with him this morning and find out how it is opening up your own restaurant. I know this is a first for him, and I'm excited to see how they're doing. So it should be really good fun this morning as we talk to our guests and catch up with anything in the world of sports. Now, you have a really good guest tomorrow who I think a lot of people are going to be looking forward to uh, hearing actually speak ha- for the two. first time. I actually have two. Oh, we should say you have all really good guests well, tomorrow. Well, no, but I'm, but I'm sorry, talking two about special Devon, ones because Devon Bess was a – Terrific receiver here. One of the hardest workers I, I ever saw in college. We used to, I used to tell you about him He'd dragging, be there in the, dark, dragging yeah. the ball machine out by yeah. himself. He was the only one there. But finally, after he did that for about a month, suddenly there were first two other guys and then five other guys. I mean, it caught on. I right. Mean. So his work ethic was apparent. And it stood him in good stead, yeah? Yep. It was years in the NFL. So it was really, really good. In fact, in the NFL for the Miami Dolphins, I heard a national announcer refer to him as a first down machine. There you go. How's that? That's great. There and then okay. also, I just want to mention, we have, it's the first time I've ever got even spoken to him, actually. UH offensive coordinator Bo Graham, the coach's son, oh, who okay. I first saw in action at in Frisco, Texas, had really taken over the bowl game stuff at the offense, and he was terrific. I'm looking forward to him, too. So it will be great, great conversations. It must be nice when you're talking to former UH football players or any of the players, actually, any of the athletes, that you remember so clearly because some of them just stand out. I mean, you're just never going to forget some people. Um, and Devon is one of them, I think, isn't he? He's one of Devon them is one of them. There's forget. also other people that won't let you forget, like John Veneri, for example. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so. Who, of course, was a standout UH football player. He's a good player. And continues uh-huh. to be a standout in anything he chooses to do. He's good now at eating and talking about it. And he's, he's, gotten, he's gotten good at that. He's very, he has great comedic talent, John yes, Veneri. He he's very funny. So, yeah. Well, that's good. Is there anybody from UH that you haven't caught up with that you just think, I wonder what happened to them? Is there anybody who was like star player that you ever think, what happened to that guy? I would have to, I actually would say a bit more in basketball than football. Oh, okay. For me. But People who seemed amazing. Yeah, like I'd love to know what happened to Phil Lott. I haven't talked to Phil Lott in I don't know how many years. He was one example. But I, what yeah, happened to Matt Lejewski? I just remember Matt his name Lejewski, so I think, I, if I have this right, I think he just wrapped up his professional career in Europe where he was terrific and made a bunch of money. Oh, good for him. Yeah, he was, I think, at half, he was making roughly half a million bucks a year for the last eight or ten years. Oh, well in done. That, in that I remember, do you know why I remember him so clearly? His name comes to mind so quickly for me because I still have imprinted in my mind 
Max and Finn playing basketball, aged about, I would say, five and three. And Max always saying to Finn, you're Matt Lejetsky, and I'm... Was Phil Martin on the same team as Matt Lejeski? No. No, I don't think so. Who, well, he was someone else who was on that team. And th- I always remember watching the two of them, and Finn was 100% being Matt Lejeski. Yeah. That's how I've never forgotten And he name. could barely say the name at right. that time. <laughs> I'm yeah. having trouble with it myself. <laughs> okay, we are going to go and take a really short break. Do stay with us, because when we come back, we are going to be talking about... A very interesting concept called Off the Wall. If you're a beer lover, you're going to enjoy this conversation. Stay with us. You're listening to Radio Mojo Plus. You're listening to Radio Mojo Plus on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Hey, welcome back to Radio Mojo Plus. I'm Joe McGarry plus Bobby Kerr. And we do this every Thursday morning. We bring you... The best of eating, drinking, and living in Hawaii, and the best of sports thrown into the conversation whenever we can make room for it. If you want to hear uh, previous uh, podcasts, then you can go to our website, uh, mojomagari.com or radiomojohawaii.com, and you will see some of them. But I've not been very good in the last two weeks, and so I will put them up today, I promise. Our next guest is the co-owner of Off the Wall he is Hota Munoz, and I do hope I say that, said that correctly. Good morning, Hota, how are you? <laughs> Good morning, yes, you said that correct. Good, how are you? Did I say it correctly? <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a bad day with names this morning. Um, <laughs> you, and, you and your partner, Mark Taylor, are the owners of Off the Wall. It is, um, uh, what do you call, are you, are you a craft group? pub are you a brew pub what do you call yourselves so sorry to correct so my partner's uh business partner is actually tomas uh close to oh, okay. we're the owners yeah um and yeah we are a um bar restaurant you know we're kind of hybrid between a restaurant and a bar <laughs> um and yeah i don't know if, if you guys have ever been to uh you know our place but it's a uh, self self-served um yeah you know we so, yeah, we, we can't. Oh, go ahead. Well, let's let everybody know, first of all, that you're in the South Shore Market. So you're very easy to get to. You're very visible right there in that lovely kind of walkable part opposite the park of South Shore Market. You opened um, just over a year ago, right? You guys opened end of 2019, kind of pre-pandemic. And let's talk about the concept. So... To describe it to people, off the wall is a serve yourself. There's a, a brew pub system, a brewery system where you just go in and it's like a crouvenet, isn't it? You can just pour yourself a glass of beer from your system on the wall. Right. So um, basically, the way it works is you know you come in uh, and we check you in and we give you a card, one of our uh, an off the wall card, which will set the taps off. So basically, you can go up to any tap and you pay by the ounce. So the beauty of the system is that you're not stuck with a 16-ounce beer uh, or, you know, that you may not like. So you can sample uh, something that maybe you normally wouldn't go for, and you can just try one ounce or two ounces. And if you don't like it, then you just move on to the next one um, and so on. So, yeah, we have 18 beers on tap, all locally um, brewed beers. Uh, We only work with local breweries. And then we also have six wines on tap. So before, before you came on, we were having a conversation 
um, well, really, we were speculating about the, how the system works. Now, I know the system is called Pour My Beer, and it's really advanced technology, but how does it actually work? Like, what's going on behind the wall? So, behind the wall, um, it, it, it's uh, honestly not, not much. Uh, <laughs> is it, like, is it big are, kegs? Okay, are there little kegs back there? That's what I want to know. Oh, you mean like literally behind the wall? I thought you meant like actually like uh, the technology of it. Uh, so yeah, behind the wall. So it's a direct draw system. Um, so basically, behind the wall, there it almost looks like a, a big box, right? Uh, that's uh -huh. all uh, covered with wood. Uh, so behind that is actually a, a really uh, big keg room. Um, all linked up. I think what what cooler. we wondered um, is. How big are the kegs? Like, for example, what's the what's the largest number of ounces you can pour into a glass? So we we uh, we max you got we max the customers out at forty two ounces, um, basically, and then and then check on them, uh, make sure if you know if they could. If they're still standing. Yeah, so I mean, isn't 42 ounces like a growler or something? I mean, that's a big. But you no, wouldn't drink 42 uh, ounces at once. 42 ounces is, 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 a, uh, is uh, a growler is 64 ounces. Oh, okay. So, so it's, it's small. Yeah. It, yeah, it's like two-thirds yeah. of a growler or something. Roughly. Yeah. So, um, so, for example, do you encourage people, like, do you say to them, the best way to, to experience off the wall is to try, you know, six or seven different beers with – two or three ounces of each, or how, how do you kind of lead people through who come in for the first time? Yeah, so it's basically to, to, to try things that you normally wouldn't try. That's, that's, that's kind of the beauty of the concept is, you know, so for example, I'm myself and my partner, we're both kind of light beer drinkers. Uh, we normally, when we go to a bar and any other place, we wouldn't go for like the darker stuff or things that sound a little bit you know, outside of the blonde or the loggers um, or the pilsners. So um, it's just a, a good way to try something that you normally wouldn't try, and, and it'll surprise you. There's there's uh, amazing breweries here on the island that, you know, have won awards um, for, for different types of beers, and uh, and I think a lot of people don't realize that, the, the quality of the breweries that we have here on island. So we, you know, we wanted to build a place to showcase the local breweries and, and help support these local uh, businesses. You know, I love the fact that you do that. And I just, uh, I'm so impressed by your commitment to serving local beers from local breweries. And, of course, it's so exciting that your menu is so extensive. I mean, we now are in the position where there are so many award-winning local breweries and world-class beers coming out of Hawaii that it really, it must be so fun for you to promote these fabulous local guys who are, are doing a fantastic job. And I would imagine now that tourists are coming back, what a great place for tourists to come and get a taste of Hawaii just in one evening. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's exactly that. You know, you, you can come from, an, uh, if you're into beers, uh, you can come to one place and just try 18, well, we usually have about, I would say, 10 different breweries on top, uh, 10 or 11, give or take. Um, so, yeah, it's an easy one-stop place to try a lot of amazing beers from different local breweries. 
Good job. And let's talk a bit about your food as well, because you do have a really lovely food menu. Um, and so it's not just a place where people come in and pour themselves a few beers. You've got this great menu. Tell us a little bit about some of your food. I can tell it's very beer friendly. It's the kind of food that really pairs well with craft brews. But tell us a little bit about some of the things that you recommend for people on their first trip. So, um, yeah, our food has honestly, uh, I, we, our food's been amazing uh, since we started. And that's not to us, uh, me and Tomas, or neither of the chefs. We help out as much as we can uh, on the menu. But uh, uh, our fresh chef, Jose uh, Ramos, uh, amazing Puerto Rican chef, and then our new chef, uh, Jose Reyes, who's also from Puerto Rico, who is an amazing chef as well. Uh, they've bought, uh, you know, he's bought amazing dishes to, to the menu. Uh, things to try. Uh, some of my favorites um, would be the the steak, uh, the new Inca ribs that Jose has put out uh, in the last couple of weeks are amazing. Uh, the ceviche, uh, it's kind of a local twist to. It's not a very traditional ceviche. But it's got a little twist to it, and it's 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 uh it's really good. The uh, Patagonia short ribs. Um, and then a couple of like amazing desserts. We just recently uh, um, released a uh, like a brownie uh, dessert with uh, a dulce leche gelato, which Via Gelato made specially for us, and it's it's amazing. <laughs> and of course, you can't go anywhere in Honolulu at the moment without having a charcuterie board put in front of you. It's like the most popular thing. <laughs> in the world right now but yours is fantastic and pairs extremely well you know i love your menu just as much as i love the idea that you're supporting all these fabulous local breweries um i think um tell us a little about because obviously you and your partner tomas really have a passion for this i mean you can just see that there's a lot of excellence in everything you do had you guys had this idea for a long time i mean is it something that you wanted to get off the ground for years yeah, I would say it was maybe a couple of years of planning uh, before we actually, you know, pulled the trigger and, and started working on it and, you know, seeking a place uh, for, for a concept and, and started construction. Yeah. So I would say probably from 2017 or so. Now, you started, we mentioned at the beginning, you started in December of 2019. And I think for new restaurants, the pandemic really was almost a double whammy because not only were you closed almost as soon as you'd opened, but a couple of months of being open isn't a long time for people to get to know you and know where you are. Um, How did you guys fare during the pandemic? Because a lot of the restaurants who did really well were supported by, you know, people who'd been their customers for years and and were sort of, you know, really cornerstones of their community. How was that for you? It must have been a bit frightening in the beginning. So, um, again, sorry to correct. We're actually open uh, uh, December 2018. So we're open all of 2019. Um, My fact checker is not doing a good job this morning. (laughs) (laughs) And that's not me, by the way. He's in big trouble. (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. All right, so you did. That question was redundant because you were well established Um, by then. uh, Yeah, a year and a month or so. um, You know, a year and a couple, uh, three months or so before, you know, pandemic. Um, So still fairly new uh, for a new concept. Um, but, you know, we've, we've had an amazing response from the local crowd, uh, the local people. And, um, 
you know, we've honestly been in, been very lucky and fortunate to have people come back. We're very busy right now. Uh, there's a lot of restaurants are, but, um, yeah, it's, um, it was, it was definitely a, a little tough, you know, through pandemic and trying to change the model and doing takeout and those sort of things. But, uh, definitely glad it's kind of going back to what, it, you know, somewhat normal. That's awesome. I, I, I love what you guys are doing. Love your concept. And we hope that more and more people um, hear about you at, and come down and join you guys this weekend. Tell us when you're open and then give people a little bit of, of advice on, I know it's easy to park down there, but you tell us um, how they can get there and when you're open. So we're open 11 to 10, uh, Monday through Thursday, and then uh, 11 to 11 uh, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, sorry, th- uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday, 9 to 9. Um, we actually just launched a new brunch, uh, so I'd love to invite everybody to come out to the new, our new brunch. We launched about three weeks ago, and it's it's been amazing. Uh, we've had a, It's been pretty successful. The menu that uh, Chef came up with is um, unreal. So uh, we definitely uh, – we have mimosas on top. Uh, which is something I don't, you know. I Mimosas on tap. I love it. Yeah. So you can pour, you know, we have a couple of choices, uh, uh, guava juice, orange juice, uh, and Prosecco on tap. So you kind of just make your own mimosa, your own bartender. <laughs> That's, that is so fun. Tell us a little bit about the brunch menu then, because I know in Honolulu, people can never get enough of brunch. Um, it's it's the most sought after and the least available um, of all of our meals. So I would imagine yours has a bit of a special twist then. Yeah, definitely a little South American, Spanish twist. Uh, we have um, the crepes uh, that Chef has uh, made are amazing. Um, they're with the house-made chor- uh, chorizo. Uh, we have uh, huevos rancheros, a little bit of a twist on that too. Not, uh, the traditional steak and eggs is amazing. Uh, we have a vegan arepa. Uh, if to anyone that hasn't had an arepa, it's like a corn patty stuff uh, zucchini uh, that we we made to give it a little twist to make it vegan. Uh, and yeah, just uh, a couple, just to name a, a few of the good ones. But there's there's the menu is uh, is, is amazing. Fantastic, and you can see if you if you are uh, tempted by this talk of delicious food, then please go to offthewallhawaii.com where you'll be able to see some gorgeous uh, menu pictures, food pictures, and you'll learn more about all of the beers that are on tap, very many of them uh, from our local breweries here. Um, Hotel, it was so nice to talk to you. I'm so happy that you guys are doing something that's so different and that the response to you is, is so warm and people love. Keep up your very good work. Good job. Thank you so much, and thank you for, for having us on the show. We really appreciate you. It was nice to talk to you. Jota Munoz and his partner Tomas uh, are the owners of Off the Wall. You will find them in the South Shore Marketplace, which of course is in uh, Kaka'ako, that end over by Ward. And very, very easy to get to, easy parking. And more information about them, just go to their website, um, offthewall.com. That, it's what a fun concept. And, and serve yourself. Mimosas for brunch. Who's you gotta you love that? I know you will. I would love that. I'm go. I'm headed over there. I'm gonna <laughs> grab a bunch of my girlfriends and go and do brunch at off the wall. 
What we're going to do right now is go and take a really short break. Do stay with us. You're listening to Radio Mojo Plus. This is Radio Mojo Plus on ESPN Honolulu. Hi, welcome back to Radio Mojo Plus. I'm Joe McGarry plus Bobby Curran bringing you the best of eating, drinking, and living in Hawaii with a little sports thrown in. Um, we have kind of a, we've got an interesting kind of theme running through um, our show this morning. Coming up in, in just a little while, we're going to be talking to Louis Fernando, um, who has opened his first Cuban restaurant in, in Honolulu. I'm looking forward to that conversation. And, you know, Bobby, wherever we go uh, currently, I'm so happy to report that restaurants are absolutely busting at the seams. Um, everyone that will have changed seen really quickly, didn't it? It changed. Uh, I can, we can pinpoint when it changed. It changed on spring break weekend. Spring break oh weekend yeah. was the turnaround point for everybody. And as it said this morning, I'm sure everyone's seen the happy news that we will be moving to tier four, hopefully by the end of the week. That means that you can have gatherings of 25 people or so, um, which means that people can start to have you know, parties and book out restaurants again, and that is going to also help. Uh, but everywhere, so, so yesterday, for example, uh, we were in Kaka'ako and just trying to grab something for lunch. It's almost impossible now to just walk in. Uh, like I was just chatting with you and saying a restaurant like Istanbul, for example, which is fantastic. Istanbul had an hour wait for lunch yesterday. Yikes. The Pig and the Lady, which, as you know, is way, you know, way back on North King Street. You would hardly say the Pig and the Lady was somewhere that was walk by and be extra accessible. And we called them um, for a table for lunch. And the girl, it was so funny because she's obviously so tired of people calling and asking, can we come now? And she said, there's six people ahead of you. It's going to be an hour and 20 minute wait. And this was like at 11... 30 or something. Wow. People are still waiting an hour and 20 minutes to get into the Pig and the Lady and Istanbul. And even just walking around Kaka'ako and Salt and popping into, like we popped into the Butcher and Bird yesterday and had a nice conversation with Chuck Wakeman, who's the butcher over there. Right. Boy, they are, it's gangbusters. The, the owner, the butcher, yep, he, he does all of it. But they're just so incredibly busy. It's like people are, I think there's a new appreciation of of handcrafted, you know, well-done food, beer, wine in the city. And, you know, it's really just amazing. I don't, I don't know if you find this um, interesting. I do. Because when you hear of all the people who are struggling financially, and the, yet the restaurants, and some of them are not cheap, are packed. Well, if you do the math, you can almost sometimes eat out as inexpensively as going to one of the supermarkets. I've heard that for 20 years, and I don't think it's quite true. I, I get it's closer. Oh, I almost. It's closer here than it is most places, no, no, for sure. Yeah, no, but it, it is. But thank goodness that people are supporting restaurants. In, and, you know, the other thing, too, now, this is very interesting as well. I mean, we don't often talk about fast food restaurants, obviously, on the show too much. But a restaurant like Wendy's, for example during the pandemic and now coming out of the pandemic, and I'm mentioning Wendy's because they are, I think, Hawaii's sort of favorite fast food drive through It's the most popular of all. Their business has just, I mean, I can't say. I mean, I can't say, oh, it's tripled because I don't know that. But their business has become phenomenal, and it's because people appreciate, I think, certain things. I have a question. Yes. Are all of these, the, the fast food places, by and large, are all takeout only? 
Is that ever going to change, or do you think they just said, you know what, we don't have to have anywhere near the I staff. think it's staffing. Yeah, I think we'll it's just, staffing issues. We'll mm-hmm. just stay takeout. I mean, I'm talking about even the big ones, the Burger Kings, McDonald's. I mean, all of those, Taco Bell, all of them. They will. You can't eat anywhere. You just have to take out all the it's like the tape that there's been a murder. You know, that yellow tape is the, up everywhere. The police lines. Right. No, I do think that they, some of them will go back to that because they can't have all that redundant space. I mean, it's just not cost effective not to have people sitting in there. And, um, well, with Wendy's, for example, I mean, anybody who's been driving up and down Kailua Road recently will see that there's a brand new Wendy's going to open in, I think, a week. I mean, it's very, very close to opening. And, and that's very significant of how much, I mean, when you see that Wendy's, it is beautifully built. It's really well constructed. It's gorgeous inside. I mean, they have lounge areas and seating areas. I think that's sort of a testament to how much people are willing to invest in making these places nicer for people to sit. Somewhere that's really nice to go and eat and has received on Yelp, if you follow that, just to take a quick look to see how restaurants are doing. This restaurant has got five stars from every single person who has been into it, who's been on Yelp. The owner is Louis Fernando. The restaurant is Castro's, and Louis is joining us this morning. Hi, Louis. How are you? Hello, Louis. Hey, how's it going? I'm pretty good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, first of all, congratulations on not just opening Castro's, but opening to such great success. People love you. Yeah, I'm very excited to be in, in Waikiki. We're uh, a couple blocks away from the beach. I think we're uh, just a quarter block away from Kalakaua, and it's been it's been a little crazy, but it's been uh, very like it's, it just feels so nice to see that people feel the vibe of the place. They love the food. Uh, we also have we also get to showcase a lot of the farmers that we work with. So it's been an amazing experience to do it. Let's talk a little bit about why people are loving your food. So the restaurant features Cuban food, and I'm guessing largely inspired by the food that you grew up eating. Can you tell us a little bit about who cooked for you as a child and how much that's influenced you? Uh, It was my grandma and also my mom, and definitely... Uh, all my aunties, uh, seeing them work, uh, they used to cook on a wood fire all the time because the stove that they use is just used feeded with wood. And seeing the process, how like they will wake up really early in the morning and they will set up some of the wood ready just to cook uh, breakfast. And later on, like they will start cooking and raising some meat for, for dinner. So it was like they were cooking all day, but they were also working on the farm. So it was very, it was very like touching seeing those little things because you know like a lot of times you're present there and then you're just eating, but you never really think until you have your own restaurant until until you cook for a long time, then you will perceive those things. Like you will see, okay, she was doing this in the morning for this reason. She was doing this in the afternoon for this reason. Like she was picking up every single log that she was uh, cooking with, and then she will like tell me like that that log is is too wet. You can't cook with that because you're just going to smoke the, the kitchen. So seeing those little details uh, have really pushed me uh, to do what I do now. It's just little details that people will really appreciate if you take the time to do. 
Uh, in the case of the restaurant, I personally like to go to the farmer's market. I go to pick all the fruit that I use. I go to pick all the avocados that I use. And seeing, like, that amount of uh, time that takes, you know, like, if you if you pick the right papaya uh, with the right shape, uh, right, right when it's getting, like, nice and sweet, then you will really experience, like, what is it to, to eat a papaya in Hawaii? What is it to get a local avocado in Hawaii? Uh, what is it to work with uh, farmers that, like, they're doing the same thing. They're, they're bringing you, like, amazing produce that you can use instead of, uh, you know, like, instead of getting a big uh, produce company that just brings stuff from the mainland. And you don't really get to experience the full flavors of the stuff that travels for a long time in a boat uh, or that have been sitting at a warehouse for a long time. I think it makes a big difference to, to take the time and give people what they have never seen before. You can see, you can hear why people are loving your food just because you're paying attention to all the right details. Do you remember when you were growing up knowing that it was very special the way your food was being prepared? Were you aware that you ate really good food that was 100% home cooked? Or was it only as you grew older and looked back and started cooking yourself that you realized how much work the people in your family had put into everyday meals? I think I, I never really appreciated it until I, until I traveled to other countries and I saw what people were eating. Uh, I think it was, it was definitely, it, it really changed the, the way I eat now and the way I feed my family and the way I cook. Tell us about a couple of things on the menu. I'm interested specifically, I think we have to talk about the Cubano, right? I mean, we, it, it's, it's a signature uh, sandwich. It's the one sandwich that people, you know, everybody kind of knows the Cubano. I'm not sure everybody knows a fabulous one from a not so great one. But is that something that you are still doing the way it was done when you grew up, or have you evolved it into something that is very much your own? I think it's very much uh, my own. I think uh, it's been. It's been, uh, I spent a lot of time thinking about like how, what is it that makes it special? And I can give you a, a, a small list of things that makes it very special. Uh, first of all, uh, the cod that we use is, is pork butt, and uh, we marinate it for a whole week in a blend of spices and vegetables. Uh, it's it's going to be orange juice, ginger, uh, lime, garlic, cumin, uh, coriander seeds, bay leaves. Uh, a little bit, a small amount of sugar and salt. So it, it gets cured for the entire week. And then we slow cook it for about eight hours. Then we cool it down. Then we slice it. Uh, also, that's one type of meat that we use. The other type of meat, uh, we partner up with uh, Pono Pork. And he's doing our hams. Uh, the pork is, is of, of course, from the island. And then the processing that he does is, is very minimal. He just salt cures the, the ham for about a week. And then he smokes it until it gets to 180 degrees. Uh, next, uh, we have the aioli that we use. Uh, we house made uh, the aioli. The aioli uh, translating to mayonnaise. Uh, we make it uh, just like how everybody makes it, but it's from scratch. Also, we add uh, roasted garlic and also raw garlic to that to that mix. Uh, we picked uh, for mustard. We picked uh, French mustard. Uh, for cheese, we picked uh, 
Sharp Cheddar. That's H. And I also we partner up with uh, Breadmaster in LA that runs a bakery, and we're bringing all our bread from LA. And I know that we're not working with anybody here, but uh, I just feel that the quality of the bread that we're getting uh, works better for what we're doing. It's a little bit more pricey to get it here, but it makes a gigantic difference when you eat it because it's, it's just so fresh. We He half-bakes all the bread for us. Uh, we get it every week. He, he makes it one week, and then we get it the next week. So it makes a, a big difference in, in, in the sandwich. So you have really, really thought about every single detail of that sandwich. I mean, there's no... I'm just listening to you so with good. a big smile on my face because I just love the way you... Every element of that sandwich you've thought about until it's come together perfectly to make... It's probably the best Cubano we can eat in Honolulu. I have to ask a question, Louis. When I first had, I was visiting a friend in South Florida. It's the first time I had a Cubano. And a big feature, at least at the place I went to, and I don't know if this is common, but it had pickles on it. Yeah, Are, do you I, guys forgot. Use I, I missed that part. I missed that part, actually. <laughs> Let me stop you there. I, I forgot. Uh, we housemate our pickles, and then we, we slice the pickles as well. So we don't, oh, no. yeah, we house made the pickles from cucumbers. Uh, we get uh, local cucumbers, and then we let them brine for about a week. Then we slice them. Oh, man, I'm sold. I got to be, I got to, we got to eat that. <laughs> I want that. I think you're going to have people just all day long now thinking, I have to go to Castro's, I have to go to Castro's. And, <laughs> and I want to let people know, I mean, of course, we talk about the Cubano because it's just such an identifiable sandwich. I think people are very, very familiar with it, and Sometimes when you come into a restaurant for the first time and there's different things on the menu and maybe you're not as familiar um, with, uh, um, you know, kind of Latin American influenced foods, then it's really good to have something that you go, I know that. I'm going to order that. What else are you, I mean, and I know this is probably a ridiculous question because you're proud of everything on the menu, but what else do you really feel like this expresses me and what I want to do? What other dish would we try to come in? To, to know that this was from your heart? I think the tamales because, uh, so my grandma used to make the tamales uh, for Christmas and like for New Year's, but she only will make them like once, uh, like once or twice every year because the amount of work they, they would take. Uh, like us as a family, uh, it, was, it was a good sized family and everyone will like come together and then one person will, will be designated to do one task. But, like, the tamales will take about a week to be made uh, from, like, getting the corn, uh, grinding the corn, uh, making a stock, uh, cooking the corn in the stock, uh, cooking the vegetables, uh, braising the meats, then wrapping the tamales. And the tamales get wrapped in banana leaves. The banana leaves, you got to go pick the banana leaves. You got to cut the banana leaves. Then you have to use fire to kind of, like, blister the banana leaves so they vent as you're folding the tamales. So it's a process that takes us as well about a week to make. And we picked uh, a company in LA that is called Macienda. And Macienda, what they do is they, they go to Mexico, they pick a, from small farmers organic corn, and that's what we're buying to make the tamales. Uh, we're also sourcing uh, 
banana leaves that are locally grown. Uh, we're featuring uh, vegetables that are grown in, in Hawaii as well. And we also have a vegan tamal. And I believe uh, I try to accommodate to, to a lot of vegan people because I feel that in Waikiki, there is no other places that, that offer something vegan besides a small salad. So I'm our menu actually sorry. has a lot of vegan options. But I feel that the tamal is really, like when you eat a tamal, uh, you will really feel like, well, wow, like this is, this is very new. I would say you have to like corn uh, to like the tamal. That's the only thing. If people are not used to eating uh, corn, uh, they, they wouldn't like it as much. But I'm very proud of, of, of the tamales. I can see why. There's so much work that's gone into it. We're talking with Luis Fernando. He's the owner of Castro's, the new restaurant um, just on the edge there of Waikiki. Um, we're going to direct you to go to his website, castrorestauranthi.com, castrorestauranthawaii.com, where I want you to just go and look at how lovely all of it is. Luis, the last time we talked to you, you were um, executive sous chef at Morimoto in Waikiki. I think I hardly need to even ask how different is it today going from that corporate cooking world to running your own show and, and working so hard. How is it? Uh, it's, 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 it's very hard. I would say I wouldn't recommend anybody to open a restaurant, but <laughs> you have to love it to, to do it. Like if you love what you do, if you love cooking, I wouldn't change it. I, I'm in love with this restaurant. I'm in love with cooking. I wouldn't stop cooking for, for any reason, even if I were to get offered another job where pay is more. It's just, it's just what I love, and I'm not going to stop uh, doing it. And seeing, like, uh, being a business owner now, uh, there is many more challenges that add uh, from, like, picking the right place to, to buying everything, to paying the bills, to deal with the insurance. It's just, it's just, it really adds a lot on your plate really quick. But I wouldn't change it. It's, it's definitely something that makes you uh, grow very fast because the, the amount sure. of things that you have to deal with are, 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 are a lot. Wow. You know it. what? We, we could not wish you more success. You are so deserving of all of the rave reviews that you are getting. Do you, are you, do you know that you have 100% five-star reviews on Yelp? Yeah, I do. Even we got a, a person that uh, put us a one star uh, because there was a mistake in, 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 in something with the food. But then actually she came back yesterday and she switched uh, her review. She was a vegan and she's like, wow, like, like, like you really, you really, like, I'm really like, this is, this is, nobody has ever done anything like this. Like, I think she came from LA. She's like, even in LA, like, it's hard to find vegan food. Wow. Good for you. Good for you. And I think anybody who's been listening to you speaking can completely understand oh. why people love. How could you not want to eat there? How could you not want to eat there? We're all headed down there, Louis. We can't wait to see you and to see you in Custer's at work. Thank you so much for taking time to talk with us today. I know you're so busy, but thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's lovely to talk Good. to you. That's Luis Fernando. He is the owner of the new restaurant, Castro's. It is in Waikiki. If you go to his website, which is Castro's Hawaii, 
Costers.com. Just type in Costers and you'll find it easily. Um, and it's lovely. It's, he's done a fantastic job. But, oh, my gosh, talk about someone who is truly passionate. Every detail of every item of food, he knows where it's sourced. He knows. Talk about knowing your farmers. I mean, he's, just the fact that he's working with Bob McGee and using Pono Pork and, oh, I love it. Hey, you guys, now there's somebody you can go and support today and feel really, really good about it. All right, we are going to go and take a break. Stay with us. You're listening to Radio Mojo Plus. You're listening to Radio Mojo Plus on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Hey, welcome back to Radio Mojo Plus. Thanks so much for spending the time with us this morning. I really enjoyed talking to um, Luis. I hope that you guys enjoyed it too. And my gosh, talk about somebody who really is passionate. I hope he doesn't work too hard. The restaurant business, as he said, you know, as we all know, it's not for the faint of heart. And even if you are just, you know, producing your best food and not sourcing every single thing locally or hand making your tamales or hand sourcing, you know, every single uh, thing that you possibly can. It's tough work, but the amount of work that he's putting in to uh, his menu is just phenomenal. I just really wish him so much success, and I know that all of you will too. Go, just go check out his menu, Castro's Cuban Food. The menu looks absolutely fantastic, and you have to, I don't know, I just, I'm so, I feel so privileged to be able to support uh, local restaurants who are supporting local farmers. This morning, too, we were speaking to the guys from Off the Wall about their support of local breweries. I mean, that's how it all works, right? That's how we, we make our own economy thrive. We have to do it. We have to go out and support everybody who's supporting our local growers and farmers and brewers and even winemakers over on the Big Island. So, yeah, I feel, it's, I feel very privileged uh, some mornings to do this and to be able to introduce you to new restaurants and to the people who are behind them. There's something about talking to someone who's really passionate, isn't, isn't there? I mean, it just, it, it, it's very inspiring, and um, I'm, I wish him great, great success. There's a lot of good food stuff going on right now. I really do believe that coming out of the pandemic, the people who are thriving and surviving are the ones who are absolutely giving it their all. And from that, we're all benefiting so much because I think what's on offer to us now in, in Honolulu is the best. I think it's the best food we have ever had from some of the best restaurants. And there's more to come. There's some very exciting restaurants coming into town. Um, there's a couple that I would love to share with you, but needless to say, you'll hear about them soon enough. And there's one in particular that is going to, I think, take uh, Honolulu by storm when it opens probably a year from now. So lots of good stuff going on. And, of course, you are out there, too, eating and drinking, and I'm sure have, have your favorite spots Anytime you feel someone is deserving 
of, uh, of a, a good word and a bit of a promotion, please feel free to text or email me, and I'm always happy to go and find them. Thanks so much to our guests this morning. It was lovely to chat with them. Thanks to Titus for helping me with guests and to Tanner in the studio. I'm Joe McGarry. I'll see you next time on Radio Mojo Plus. Radio Mojo Plus on ESPN Honolulu has been brought to you by Pyology Pizzeria.